All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, June 16th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, it's the big weekend preview edition. And as we've established, that means there's most likely a guest on the show. And there is one this week. Everyone loved her when she came on and did a spoiler discussion of Top Gun Maverick a few weeks ago. Popular demand. We have Aaron Foley-Chan is back here. Aaron, thank, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me back. It is uh, one of the greatest honors and joys of my life to be a part of the BO Boys. Oh, as in, it should in any be. way I can. <laughs> well, in this in this way, you will be helping us preview the opening weekend of Lightyear, and and you you have a a secret weapon that we'll we'll discuss in terms of your being able to prognosticate this opening weekend. You've got I've got it. an insider. I've got an insider. Wow, this is huge. Oh, we're very excited about that. So, Clayton, is there anything we need to get into before we just get into buzz? Do we have any any uh news from this past weekend that we need to clarify and any anything like that? I don't think so. I mean, we did our we we did record our normal wrap up of the weekend episode pretty late mm-hmm. on what was that? I guess well, we did Tuesday morning, so we had the final numbers. So there's no real need to change any of those numbers. So I do think we can just go straight into the buzz on buzz. Well, well, there is a, there is actually one. Uh, uh, not a retraction, but one clarification I do need to make before we go into buzz real quick. So uh, on our past, uh, uh, on our last episode, we were talking about the impending apocalypse that's going to happen when Aquaman two and avatar two open within a week of each other. The premium screens are going to be, overstretched. They're going to be maxed out and there's going to be a disaster. And I, of course, of course, talked to that impending doom on our last episode. Someone on Twitter did reach out and, and remind me. I'm not going to say alert me because it's something I already knew and I just forgot about it. Aquaman 2's release date had actually already been pushed into March 2023. So that apocalypse has been delayed slightly I do not retract any of my uh, my doom warnings. The apocalypse is still coming when it comes to the lack of premium screens that are out there, the lack of IMAXs, the lack of 40Xs. I still am I'm up there on the soapbox. I am still banging that drum. I am still prophesizing the end times when it comes to the lack of premium screens. But it is true. Aquaman 2 had already been moved to March 2023. So I do want to thank that want to be oh boy want to be oh girl want to be oh person person you know that's kind of like saying though like the asteroid is just barely missing earth right so that doesn't mean that there's not going to be another asteroid a bigger badder asteroid that could possibly touch down and do some damage so it's it's not it's not if it's when Exactly. Exactly. And just because it's not when you said it might be because of bad intelligence, not on your part, just intelligence in general, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that this asteroid isn't going to hit at some point. No, it will hit. There's other asteroids, but the Aquaman 2 asteroid has been moved to March 2023. So 
That's a clarification. And now, Clayton, you could take us into the big uh, news of this episode, which is we're talking the opening weekend of Lightyear. Yeah, so the first Pixar movie to be in theaters since Onward had Mm. its truncated run March 6th, 2020. Wow. Wow. I mean, that is... That is stunning how many Pixar movies there have been in these last two years that have all gone direct to streaming, all gone to Disney Plus, that this is the first Pixar movie getting a theatrical release in two years. One of the all-time biggest box office brands. It has been tarnished, but this weekend will be a test of just how tarnished it is. So we got light year coming up and and Aaron, I'm going to toss it to you first because uh, right off the bat, I want you to let us know what is your intel? What is your secret weapon when it comes to having the inside track on the popularity of Lightyear? You know, with Lightyear, it is, you know, the first Toy Story came out in what, 96, mm-hmm. 95. It's, it's been a while and they've been releasing them every few years. But when I think about the Toy Story IP, it feels old. It feels like, you know, my generation's IP almost, even though they've been re-releasing these movies or releasing these new movies over time. Uh, But I have now a child living in my house with me. Okay. And so I'm much more tapped into what the kids are into. And I'll tell you what my toddler is into more than anything else in the world is Buzz Lightyear. Is Buzz Lightyear. He's a buzz boy. Big time buzz boy. Wow. Wow. So that's huge. So you're talking, you know, what, what does this child that lives in your home, what is this child? Does it own anything that has buzzes likeness on it? Does it, does it say the word buzz? What, to what degree is, is this, uh, uh, child in your home, a, a buzz fan? So we've got multiple t-shirts and pajama sets. Okay. We've got multiple Buzz toys. Um, The child who lives in my house is the only child who lives in my house. And so he does perhaps have more toys and more things than maybe the average child who who Mm -hmm. shares a space with other children within a house. Um, So he has, you know all the Toy Story toys, the main cohort of toys. He's got little figures of those, but he's played with Buzz so much that he's broken one of the hands off. Oh, wow. Um, He plays with Buzz all day, every day. He also has a bigger stuffed plush Buzz. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he doesn't talk much, but he does say Buzz. He says, Buzz fly. Mommy, Buzz fly again. Uh, Wow. He's really experiencing the world through Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, the the broken limb of a toy really is a show of uh, of passion for that character. You know, he it's plays one hard. Thing. He plays hard. Yes, yes. the The less limbs that a toy has, the more definitely the the more into that IP the child is. That for that sure. so that that is a great sign for this movie. I mean, Clayton. The th- one of the things that we talk about a lot with, with IP like Toy Story is whether it is for the kids of now or whether it is for the overgrown kids, which is the, the, the oldsters, the 30, 40-year-olds 
who have been into Toy Story for the last, you know, 25 years. And I think this child that lives in Aaron's house is a, is a, you know, it's anecdotal, but is a good sign that actual kids, actual current day rats are still enthused about the Toy Story property. Well, it's because the adult Pixar fans mm-hmm. drive the discourse right. online. You don't have, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the child in your house is not tweeting. If he was, I would say, uh, you know, let's call uh, child services. No child should be tweeting. Mm-hmm. But, and I, of course they're not tweeting. They're not on Instagram. They're not on any of these things. No, you would not allow that. Dumb's on TikTok. You got to well, you know, you got to lay in the gra- lay the groundwork for a career. I mean, obviously, in that way, but otherwise, they are not driving the discourse. The child in your house is not driving the discourse. So, you're hearing a lot of talk about Lightyear from the viewpoint of adults. How they're confused, where this falls in a timeline, who this Lightyear is compared to the Buzz Lightyear we know from the Toy Stories. When did Andy see this movie? There's articles about what year this movie came out that Andy would see it. Mm-hmm. And with that, I say none of that matters. Okay. Not a lick of that matters because the child in your house is going to see Lightyear and say, Buzz flies. Buzz, mommy, buzz flies. That's all that it mat. That's all that matters. But he's not tweeting buzz flies. He's not on Reddit typing buzz flies, mommy, buzz flies. He's not doing any of that stuff. Right. Yeah. So I think what's going to why people are low on this film is because it's being looked at through the lens of adults and not children who are going to be driving this movie to Baffa Bobo. And it really it really is. It's an intergenerational IP because I'm a little bit more of an oldster than I think the average person who has a child, the age of the child who lives in my house. Um, So I was like 15 when the first Toy Story came out, but for Mm -hmm. someone who was eight or nine or 10, that person has grown up into an adult who now perhaps has kids who are eight or nine or 10, mm-hmm. who are the perfect age for Lightyear. And the parents have that nostalgia for Lightyear as well, you know, for the whole IP. I feel like for the right combination of people, this movie's going to hit really hard for the whole family. Mm-hmm. So do we, and again, not to give credence to the online discourse, tweets are not ticks. Tweets are also not the lack of ticks. But- There is some weirdness to the marketing of this movie. You know, this this movie wasn't marketed or is not a Buzz Lightyear the toy goes off on a solo adventure. You know, this is not a straight Buzz Lightyear spinoff movie. This is a a premise in which it is a a Buzz Lightyear who the, the character that the toy is based on is having a movie, having a space adventure. It's also a different voice, you know, and we'll get into some of the aspects of that. But as Chris Evans doing the voice of Lightyear, it is not Tim Allen. So do we fully buy that there will be no confusion, even amongst the rats, you know, that the rats are, are, are at least used to the voice of Tim Allen in the, in the Toy Story movies. They're used to the look of Buzz the Toy in the Toy Story movies. And there, there are some differences here. 
Do we think there will be any hesitation from the rats, any confusion from the rats and say, this is not quite the cheese that I am such a fan of? Or do we think they will see the name Lightyear? They will see an approximation of Buzz Lightyear that's close enough to what they remember and they'll, you know, they maybe kids are are just used to cartoon voices change, you know, because of contract dispute. So do, do we think there will be any confusion because of the way Pixar went about making this spinoff? Well, we're talking a little bit about two different things, right? Okay. Confusion is one thing. There mm-hmm. may be confusion. Confusion. The world is a tricky, crazy place for children. They are often confused, right? Right, right. What we really should be talking about is it going to deter anybody. Mm. And I don't believe it deters anyone. Okay. So yes, confusion, no deterrence. I think also there is an added element with kids' movies. You know, when you have something like The Bad Guys or something where it is very clear, the tone is very clear from the trailer. A parent knows going in exactly what it is. Lightyear, the trailer feels almost maybe a little bit darker or a little bit more Mm -hmm. edgy or mature. So I have to see this movie to determine whether or not my child can see the movie. So I would have to go clear the movie. And then if I think this is a movie my child can see, then I go again with the child. Wow. So that, I mean, that's extra money there, assuming that you you'll you'll clear it which i mean let's all assume it's a pixar movie it's probably not going to be full of bloodshed this is not tarantino's yeah yeah year. you just got to make sure it's not too scary if it's like a little little one i think if the kids right. are like eight nine ten there's no question everybody can go together but right, for a younger right, right. kid you know right you have a you have quite a young uh child living in your home I do. And there's a an AMC, we're A-listers, it's not a big deal. For the, There's an AMC near us that has an 8 a.m. showing. I don't know why. I guess for people with younger kids who are like, I want to go when no one else is there. Yes. So if my kid freaks out, we can go to the playground. And, right. you know, at the end of the day, at least we killed some time. Right. And, and kids get up at 6 a.m. They get up at ungodly hours. So to them, 8 a.m. is like they're already well into their day. Yeah. Where's lunch? So, okay, so I, I do kind of agree. I don't think the confusion is is going to deter. I I don't think that the way they went about this spinoff is going to maximize the potential of a Buzz Lightyear spinoff. You know, I do think a straight up, here's Buzz the Toy having an adventure probably gets more excitement going than the way they did end up going about it, which is an actual space adventure you know, a, a kind of new kind of buzz. So I don't think they maximized it. And therefore, I'm going to think it's not going to do Toy Story levels, which I think is safe to assume. Let's also throw out there, there is no Woody in this movie. That's a plus for some. It, is it? Do you, do you think that that children are, they, they are, I mean, not just the the child living in your home, but I I would tend to agree. I would bet, Buzz is much more popular than Woody. You know, it's interesting because when we showed our child the Toy Story movies, we didn't have any real prediction of of if he would even have a favorite or if he would care about it. Mm-hmm. And he really like latched onto Buzz pretty quickly and Buzz was like his number one. And you know, rewatching these movies which my child 
the child who lives in my home uh, often requests watching any number of the Toy Story films. Um, Woody is always the kind of stick in the mud. Right, right. And so for a kid, maybe that's good. You're going to internalize some some superego, some conscious, conscience. It's fine. Uh, but for an adult, it's just like, man, this Woody guy, what's his problem? And he can right. have two well, toys that he likes. Right. Because well, so, Woody's the villain in the first one. And now he's out of the way and Buzz could do whatever the, the F he wants. Is, that, is the way a kid is going to think about it. And Maybe, yeah, also, finally. Buzz can be Buzz. Buzz could be Buzz. That is a selling. I mean, that could have been a slogan. If you know, I, I guess they don't want to insult Tom Hanks. They don't want to throw the Woody character under the bus. But there, there is something to advertising this movie is Buzz finally gets to be Buzz. I mean, at- I will, I will agree that the, this this iteration of Buzz Lightyear is needlessly complicated, and I think it it speaks to the brain trusted Pixar that really never can just make something simple and straightforward mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that used to be to their benefit because they stood above the rest of the crowd now I think it's to their detriment because there's diminishing returns I think we know their tricks I think we're a little bit fatigued with you know, adults, adults working through their anxieties through child's movies, children's movies. Mm-hmm. But from what this movie looks like, and I don't know, I mean, the trailers make it look like it's going to be a high flying adventure, which feels more straightforward than the past few movies that they've done, such as Soul, which is about a dead jazz musician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Turning Red, which is about uh, a young woman with anxiety. And what was the other one? Luca, which was a postcard from Italy. Right, right. It's it's a lot of remakes of Inside Out the last few years of, of Pixar. This, this one is a straight up popcorn flick for sure. Yeah, this so, is not trying to teach children emotional intelligence. This is really like we want you to be so excited that you spill your popcorn all over the front of the seat. Yes, and I think yes. that's refreshing. I think that's refreshing, but the the question is, I mean, the, the 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 adults will take the kids because there's been a lack of kids' films, especially big, big, well-known kids' films. Like, this is a blockbuster kids' film. Sing 2 overperformed during the kind of low point of a pandemic. I mean, we were in we were in vaxxed times, but still there was some reticence, but still that movie did really well. The popularity of the bad guys, I think, shows that there is such a thirst mm-hmm. that these rats are truly just looking for any sort of cheese. Mm-hmm. They and- hunger. They hunger, and I do think that Pixar, until it's completely changed, until, uh, you know, this movie bombs and another movie bombs in the theaters, Pixar is Brie. Pixar is, well, no, actually, Pixar isn't Brie because Brie is for adults. Pixar, this movie, Lightyear, is like cheddar or like American cheese or like a cheese that kids just love to eat and eat and eat. This is sliced slice single wrapped cheese. You know, this mm-hmm. is craft single wraps. This is pure kids cheese. Only kids will eat this cheese. 
And the kids are almost out for summer. I mean, we're very close to that. And also vaccines for under five are maybe going to come out next week. Wow. Wow. That is, that is huge. If true, that is huge. If true for light year, um, it won't affect the first weekend. Um, but that is huge for the legs of light year. If that vaccine is really ready in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to throw out one other wrinkle before we get into the hard number analysis here. The Tim Allen wrinkle. Like I mentioned okay. earlier, Tim Allen is the voice of Buzz in all four previous Toy Story movies, various specials, various shorts. Tim Allen has been that voice for 20 plus years. And now, of course, he's been replaced by Chris Evans for this version of Lightyear. There is definitely, uh, aside from the the confusion that that might cause kids, there's definitely a sector of adults who are up in arms about that. And I am going to read, and again, tweets are not ticks, but, you know, online, there has been uh, some pushback from quarters uh, about this. And, you know, the, 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 the thinking is that Tim Allen was replaced because Disney is not a fan of maybe his political views. And, and so they replaced him with something they found more couth. But that has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in the, uh, the stacks, a lot of plain billies, a lot of stacks dwellers, a lot of earth dogs. They feel that Tim Allen has been unfairly tossed aside. I mean, we saw... Uh, just just yesterday on uh, Patricia Heaton, who is not the wife on Home Improvement. She was the wife on Everybody Loves Raymond. And there's I was confused about that when I saw this tweet. But she railed against Tim Allen being removed. She said that it's castrating the character of Buzz Lightyear, that he's no longer there. So all that said, do we think there is a sector of adults who will not only not see this movie, but will not take their children to see this because they need to hashtag stand up for Tim Allen. I'm not trying to start that hashtag. I'm just predicting that hashtag stand up for Tim Allen is already out there. I think that the it would be very difficult for a parent to tell a kid that they can't go see the Buzz Lightyear movie mm-hmm. because the voice is different, um, especially because in the summertime, when the kids are not in school all year round, really, you just want to fill the day. You want to fill up the day. You want the kid to have something to do. It's going to be really hot. It's going to be brutal this summer. You want to go into the air conditioning. I'm, I I don't know if the change in, if the voice change is going to be as big of an issue when your kid is screaming that they want mm-hmm. to go see the Buzz movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, I don't that- know, because a lot of people were really up at arms when Last Man Standing got canceled. Right. Tim Allen's right. got some some really hardcore stands out there. Yeah, he's got a passionate fan base. I mean, he has been a star for, what, 40 years at this point? He's been a star for a long time. And people did, there's definitely a segment of the population that sees this as a affront that he was pulled from this, possibly for political reasons, who knows. But Clayton, do you think there's anything to that? Do you think there are adults who would watch their child scream, I want to see Buzz, Buzz fly, Buzz fly, and will say, no, hashtag I stand with Tim Allen. No, there's so Mm -hmm. many lazy parents out there. There's so Mm -hmm. many parents who don't 
treat the to teach their kids manners. They don't spend the time to get their kids on a schedule. They're not going to withstand a kid screaming at them to see a buzz movie. They're just going to give in. Mm-hmm. They're going to give in. Like th- there's there may be a very very small percentage of people who will stand on the line of I was gonna take my kid to see this and now I won't. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're either going to see this movie, you were either going to see this movie no matter what, or you're not going to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that those people actually exist. I think those people exist on the internet, but is Patricia Heaton, which even if t- Tim Allen was in the movie, she's not going to go see that movie. So it doesn't matter. Right, right, right. Um, no, I, I tend to agree. I, I think that that number will be minimal, but I guess we'll know for sure this weekend. So, guys, well, I'm just going to throw out here that... Can oh, I add a wrinkle? Yes. Mm. Add a wrinkle, yeah. So, we got a email from wannabe boy Austin. Okay. Always with the great emails. And he wrote in this email that he's okay with us calling him crazy. He said, if you want to get nuts, mm-hmm. here's him getting nuts. He thinks that Lightyear will open kind of soft, but mm-hmm. also that Top Gun Maverick is going to win the day for Sunday, Father's Day, because interesting Top Gun Maverick is the perfect Father's Day movie. It's the perfect father-son, father-daughter, father person person movie Mm -hmm. and i tend to agree with him i think that maverick is a generational movie and i went and saw this film again with our guest we saw it in screen x Mm -hmm. and we turned to each other and talked about this at the end of the movie that you know when this movie is going to do awesome is father's day weekend and I think that that could severely impact Lightyear's BO, especially on that Sunday and maybe even the whole weekend. So all of the chatter and all of the talk about when does it take place and what version of it is it and Tim Allen's not there and there's a lesbian kiss, all of this mishigash mm-hmm, mm-hmm. does not matter because there is a generational film playing, mm-hmm. a, a, a film that will go down in history for its success at the same time as a spin-off of a Toy Story movie that doesn't have the little squeezy aliens, it doesn't have the pig, uh, you know, uh, piggy bank, it doesn't have the T-Rex little thingy, and it doesn't have Woody. Right, right. Okay, so then, I mean, this, this does pose, this weekend, this Father's Day weekend does pose an interesting dilemma for a certain type of moviegoer, moviegoer who is in probably around their 30s, who has both a a dad, you know, an older dad, but also has a child. What do they what does that moviegoer do? Do they go see Maverick with their dad, you know, take their dad to what could very well be their last ever movie, you know, their last ever Father's Day movie, or do they take their child to Lightyear to see what is that child's possible first movie. You know, that, that is, that is a, that is a box office moral dilemma that I think a lot of, a lot of people, uh, you know, between the ages of 20 something and 30 something are going to have to face this weekend. 
factor. You know, I feel like if it's a family that has a young kid, it is more likely that it's going to be like, grandpa, do you want to come with us to see Lightyear? This is more right. time you're spending with your grandchild. Exactly. I think it's a father-son movie for adults without small children um, going with their dads or for a middle-aged dad with a like late teenage, early 20s son who maybe he doesn't get along with well, and mm-hmm. this is going to be a way for them to reconnect, more right. of like a prodigal thing. Um, right. But I think if there is a young kid involved in that family unit, everyone is going to go together to see and like this light year, because it does have a little bit darker, a little bit more mature feeling to the, the trailer. I do think that it would be something that grandpa would just like cart himself over and go with the family unit and say, well, maybe there's something in it for me. I I totally agree The the grandpa has no sway in this scenario. The grandpa just wants to see his grandkids. Exactly. The grandpa isn't going to pass up. Is not going to say, you know what? It's Maverick or nothing. Uh, go without me. I'll sit. I'll sit alone at home and eat soup instead. That grandpa is just going to grin and bear it and go see Lightyear. The kid has all the pull in this scenario. the The grandfather is not going to get their way. The grandfather is just going to be an extra ticket to see Lightyear. Take I, a nap. I, I, listen, I think Austin is a. Uh, uh, just a young rising superstar in the box office world. Spoiler alert: He's going to be a guest on this very show one week from today. I, I, I have, I, I will never uh, uh, say that Austin is is wrong or or you know disagree with him. Other than I do disagree, I think Lightyear is going to win that Father's Day battle on Sunday because the kids have more sway. Than the grandpas. The grandpas are along for the ride. The kids are driving the car and they're driving it to see Lightyear, not Maverick. I agree. I think Austin in this case is slightly less right than we are in this. But I think it's also just a different perspective when you have a child living in your home. Right. Where you're like, whatever this child wants to see this weekend, that's going to make them happy. That's what we're doing. A hundred percent. I mean, because Austin says in this email that his family is going to. Top Gun Maverick. That's awesome. On Father's Day. That what a is great family. So, That's an amazing so, family. And I think there's going to be a lot of, and listen, it depends on how soft Lightyear is. It really depends. And I think it depends on how old the kids are in the family. If the kids are in their teens, then I think Maverick would be, you know, absolutely a, a, an appropriate choice. But I think right. if you've got kids younger than like 15 years old, it it might be, Maverick might be a little bit more a little bit heavier for them and they might want to see buzz fly yeah um i mean we'll get into the numbers here toy story 4 opened up in june 2019 famously not on father's day weekend clayton left money on the table i mean clayton do you want to do you want to speak on that this is pre the bo boys before we had the bo boys podcast we did have a different movie podcast before that and when we reviewed Toy Story 4 back in June 2019, uh, quickly give us what was your take on on the, the, the positioning of that movie? Well, my Toy Story 4 boycott continues. I mm-hmm. have not seen that movie and I will never see that movie because of Disney's decision to not open it Father's Day weekend, which they normally do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they wanted to service the international movie goer mm-hmm. and not the domestic movie goer mm-hmm. 
And I'm not saying that in a xenophobic way. What I'm, I'm saying is that they left money on the table right. domestically, right. which I did not find smart. Right. So they are not doing that this year. They're opening light year on Father's Day weekend. And Toy Story 4 opened to $120.9 million. $120 million back in 2019. Of course, Toy Story 3 opened in June 2010. So Father's Day weekend of that year opened to $110 million. So those are the numbers for the most recent Toy Story opening weekends. Do we feel that Lightyear is going to be playing in that ballpark or the fact that it is this weird, not quite buzz spinoff means that it's going to be playing in a smaller ballpark than those Toy Story movies, 110 million and 120 million for a park. I mean, this is, it's not a Toy Story movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it is a Toy Story adjacent movie. And so I I don't think it's going to hit those numbers. I feel like it's probably going to be not half of it, but maybe slightly more than half of it. I think like in the low 70s, maybe. I mean, that that's the low end of the tracking here. I mean, the, the, the question then is, I mean, 70 and up, I feel like is acceptable in terms of what Pixar would be okay with. Clayton, do you think this movie has any chance of opening at 100? No. Wow. It's also going think- against the dinos. It's It's, that's the elephant in the room is the dinos, but it also has all the premium screens. Now, here's the thing about that. I don't think that premium screens are going to drive Lightyear the way Mm -hmm. they drove, obviously, Maverick and Mm -hmm. Dominion, Jurassic Mm -hmm. World Dominion, because I think if parents are taking their kids to a movie, they're probably most of them will not spring for an IMAX because right. they're either going there with other kids, neighborhood kids, or they have multiple children. So they're probably going to try to minimize their expense. So I don't think I think there will be people who see this in IMAX, but it's not going to be driven so purely by that. So uh, with with that saying, yeah, I don't think it has a chance at a hundred. Wow, I, I that is a good point though that a parent is not going to want to pay for five IMAX tickets in the way that a group of adult friends they're each on their own. I you mean, know, they, if you got kids who want candy and they want popcorn, and you're paying for IMAX tickets, you're going to end up spending four hundred dollars for an afternoon at the movies if you're right. going with like a big group, and that's a lot. Right. That's a lot right. for Buzz Lightyear. Right. And, and here's here's the other thing on Lightyear. Since all of these Pixar movies had been going to Disney Plus and straight to Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and Disney has been doing a shortened window, mm-hmm. there truly could be parents who are thinking, well, it's gonna be on Disney Plus soon. So we'll just wait. And I know that's not a lot of people, but with them setting the precedent of Pixar being a Disney plus sort of franchise at this point, there is that level that might be, it's too much of a hassle to take all these kids to this movie. I'm just going to wait for the 45 days until they can have their cheese at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, we've theorized that before but with these kids movies it's 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 hard to explain that to a child you know when when they are clutching their buzz buddy and they are just you know yelling 
buzz fly, buzz fly, let's go. It's tough to explain the windowing. <laughs> Trying to explain streaming. a 45-day window and a streaming platform's uh, deal with theatrical. It's, it's, it's a lot for a kid to understand when all they care about is getting what they want in that exact moment. Right. Well, to a kid, 45 days is five years. Right. Yeah. Right. If if you're a two-year-old, that is what? That's some percent. It's like 10% of your life. It's a big so, chunk. Um, but it could, and I know we've discarded this segment of the population, but it it's the type of thing that could affect the margins where those adult Pixar fans who are already annoyed at the way in which they spun it off. And some of them are mad that it's not Tim Allen. And some of them are just mad because Pixar didn't release all their other movies in theatrical the last few years. So they're, you know, like some of those adults that maybe do add 5 million, 10 million extras to the box office, they're also going to see, oh, it'll be on Disney Plus in a month. You know, and if those people don't go, that's the difference between 90 million and 100 million. You know what, though? But for those people, here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'll say to them. And mm-hmm. I'm going to cut the shit with these people. This is great. All right. If you want to do something, if you hate this movie so much, if you think Tim Allen should have been the 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 voice or it's confusing because it's based on a cartoon that's based on the movie or when did Andy see it? You know what? Buy a ticket, buy a physical paper ticket and do a little ticket burning. How about that? Right, right. People love to do book burnings. Put your money where your mouth is. If you really want to protest this thing, buy a ticket, a paper ticket, and just flick, flick, light it on fire. There you right. go. Right. That's Film investment. It. It's not tweeting. It's not sniping from anonymity. It's mm-hmm. I put down my credit card. I put down my cash and I have a paper ticket. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to burn it. Then do it. Do it. Have some guts. Have some commitment to 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 what you believe that you think Tim Allen should be the guy. Burn that ticket. Wow, powerful stuff. That was a shit cutting if I've ever smelt one. Um, so is it time for us to give our full on predictions, our top fives? And in that, I think we should announce our predicted dollar amount for the opening weekend of not Toy Story five. It is Lightyear. So, Clayton, I'm going to go to you first. You're you're coming out hot from your cut the shit moment. So why don't you keep that heat going? Give us a light year opening weekend prediction and a predicted top five. Okay, so, well, Box Office Pro mm-hmm. is saying anywhere from 76 million to 105 million, and mm-hmm. they are pegging it at 84. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go a tad higher than them. Okay. And I'm going to say it's going to make $87 million in its first weekend. All right. So that's going to be number one. Mm-hmm. I think the rest of the top five is pretty boilerplate up until five. So I'm going to say Jurassic World Dominion is going to be number two. Top Gun Maverick is going to be number three. Doctor Strange is going to be number four. And then I'm going to say that, you know what I'm going to, I'm going to pull out, I'm going to pull something out of the Pat Stango playbook. Wow. You're beating me to it. Everything, everywhere, all at once. 
at five because Lightyear's going to suck up all the Bob's Burger money and all mm-hmm. the bad guys' money. Wow. You beat me to it. I was, I mean, of course I was going to do it because I've predicted it number five almost the last two months straight. But I, I also am going to go everything. Well, I'll just give you my top five next and then we could go to our guest, Aaron Foley Jan, with the, the final prediction. So, of course, number one is going to be Lightyear. And I'm going high. I think it gets to $98 million. I think it just misses 100 The rats need their cheese. Every time we go low on one of these kids' movies, we, we get proven less correct than we are. I'm going high. It's getting up to almost $100 million. So that's number one, light year. Of course, Jurassic number two. Top Gun number three. I don't think Top Gun Maverick wins Father's Day Sunday. I do think... Lightyear wins that day. Kids are more important than old people in the society. Number four is going to be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And number five is going to be Everything Everywhere All at Once. Downton is a dead movie. The bad guys, the kids have their other movie. Bob's Burgers, the movie. Come on, this is television. Everything Everywhere All at Once gets up to five. So that's my prediction. I'll be the only one to say, Austin, I believe in you. I do think that Maverick wins that Sunday. All right, so now we go to our guest, Erin Foley-Chan. She's Thank you so got, much. She's got a Lightyear fan, a child living in her house, and now she is going to give us a prediction based on that intelligence. I did ask the child living in my house how much he thought that Lightyear was going to make this weekend. Uh, he can only count to two, so he said two. I assume that he meant billion Right. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit lower than mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to make, I mean, hearing the numbers, I thinking about what else is played. I think the super dino fans have seen the dinos. Mm-hmm. I think it could make closer to 90. I hope it does. I root for all movies to succeed. Um, I think light years first. I think dinos are second Jurassic world Maverick third um, Dr. Strange. And then I, as someone who is not as, as learned and experienced with BO as, as the BO boys, uh, I wonder if bad guys might eke into five with the runoff of buzz family comes into buzz. They can't see buzz. They go to see bad guys as a, as a consolation. Interesting. Um, You're counting on there being a lot of disappointed kids who have to take, but you know what? Listen, that is, we've all had that when we were kids. My my parents had to bring home a lot of brand X snacks, a lot of, you know, off-brand sodas and treats. And, you know, you end up with Uts sometimes instead of instead of Ruffles. And well, I think there's, you know, living in New York City as a member of the AMC A-list, I have access to dozens of showings at, mm-hmm. you know, Lots of convenient times. If I miss one, there's another one an hour later. It's not too big of a deal. But for a lot of families in a lot of places, there's one theater in their town and it's playing at this time. And if everybody goes and it's sold out, they got to see something else. They're there. What are they going to do? Right. Go home with the kids? No. Deal with them and and deal with their disappointment and it's hot? No. No. And and that theater took them hours to get to. It's at the top of a hill. You know, it's three hours from their home. 
not everyone is a coastal elite like us where there are plentiful showings of every movie at all times, only blocks away. They had to drive, gas costs 10 bucks a gallon, whatever right. it is. Oh, it's right. crazy. Of in New York City. Um, yeah, I think I think that there is there are going to be situations where families get there, can't see buzz, and need to see something else, need to pivot. And right. I think there's a chance that bad guys could be that pivot. That that yeah. is a uh, there could be some runoff. And just to give a little bit of uh, you know, uh fuel to that idea that whoever saw Dino saw it and maybe didn't love it. I know it got an A minus cinema score, but we got an email from wannabe boy Reed, mm-hmm. and he went with his seven-year-old son to see this movie, Dominion, mm-hmm. and his son, his son said it was okay. Mm. His son also said Morbius was okay. Wow. Mm. So that wow. is damning. He thinks it's going to fall like a brick. Now, he was talking about the opening. He had a low estimate for the opening, but I think it holds true that this movie is probably not going to hold as well as Maverick did. Obviously, nothing has Mm -hmm. in history that's made over $100 million in its opening. So that could add fuel to the fire that people are ready for Lightyear. Right, right. I mean, I guess we we haven't given any predictions on that Jurassic World second weekend drop. Clayton... And Aaron, do you feel like this is on the highest end of big movie drops? Like this is a 70% drop and, you know, Jurassic World Dominion second weekend is more in the 50s coming off that $145 million opening? Because I, I think I would go there. I would go with this movie could drop maybe not 70%, not a Morbius, but it could drop in the low to mid 60s. I know, think it drops in the 60s. I think it drops in the 60s because it opened higher than expected. Right, right. And so I do think that this is, we're looking at a, a pretty normal for a regular blockbuster movie in this in the new normal of the post-ish pandemic. I do think this, I, I just think there's going to be so many people at the theater and I do think the runoff, uh, the runoff theory, it holds weight with everything. So you may get some runoff to Dominion. So that will stabilize it in the 60s as opposed to the 70s. Mm-hmm. This is this is one of the weekends. I mean, there was such a dry spell and for such a long time, it was one movie opening or there was, you know, one or two things out that was getting good buzz. But this weekend... There are a lot of movies with a lot of buzz that people are into. And I know Jurassic World, you know, there's mixed reviews of it out there. I haven't seen it yet. I plan to see it. I'm not in a hurry to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm certainly not in a hurry to see it on a premium screen. Yes. But I'll see it eventually. Um but I, I do think people have a lot of options out there. And if they have the choice between, movies that have really good buzz and a movie that maybe people aren't talking as highly of or not talking as much about. Um, I, I just, I think, yeah, I, I don't think it'll have the legs that it wants to. I think that it will have short stubby stegosaur legs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not yeah. mighty beefy T-Rex legs. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that is all true. So very quickly, because we did, prep this in the in the you know beforehand that we would discuss it so very quickly i just want to get your takes on some 
uh, possible casting news for a possible sequel. You know, and and normally we wouldn't get into this other than the fact it involves the biggest movie star in the world other than Leo. Of course, I'm talking about Joker. News broke from The Hollywood Reporter a few days ago that there are talks for Joker 2. Todd Phillips, the writer and director of the first movie, apparently has turned in a script to Warner Brothers. That script apparently is being read by Joaquin Phoenix, and that script is also being read by Lady Gaga, who may end up being in a Joker 2 movie, may in fact be playing Harley Quinn, and Joker 2 may be a musical. So that is a lot there. Again, we wouldn't touch on these possibilities other than Joker is the biggest non-Leo movie star in the world. So Aaron, I could see you nodding your head to basically every morsel of news there. What are your box office thoughts on a possible Joker 2 with Lady Gaga involved? You know, I saw Joker and it wasn't necessarily for me. I know some Mm -hmm. people really loved it. Uh, It didn't hit for me in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I otherwise, I would not be inclined to see Joker 2, Folia Deux. But when you tell me Lady Gaga is going to be in it and it's a musical, Mm -hmm. that is very interesting to me. Uh, I think that they are following a a correct instinct to take it in a completely new direction because the first movie was, whether you liked it or not, it was very iconic and very much like it had a very distinct visual style and it had its own personality and to do Joker two and have it be the same, look the same and feel the same, I think would be a mistake. And so to have, Gaga and to have it be a musical, I think that that sounds like a heightening and an escalation of it that is interesting to me. And I would see that, whereas I would not see it if it did not have Lady Gaga and it wasn't a musical. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm taking a look here at uh, Scott Mendelson, of course, the legendary box office writer for Forbes, past and future guest on the B.O. Boys. Scott Mendelson is talking about this. And he really thinks that the Lady Gaga possible addition is a huge deal. He does, in fact, call Lady Gaga a butts-in-the-seats movie star. Of course, you know, she was in the giant hit A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper. But he gives her full credit for House of Gucci this past November 2021. Did end up making $75 million domestic, $151 million worldwide in a just drama. You know, that was not an IP, not a superhero movie. That was a drama that made $75 million domestic, basically with her as the real star of that movie. And also in a time when I think, uh, you know, people were a lot more worried about going to the movies last fall than they are now. So he says Lady Gaga is a butts-in-the-seats movie star. She has been very smart about her movie choices And I tend to agree, putting her in Joker or her deigning to be in Joker 2, that is a smart move because it just turns that movie into an event. And uh, first one was a billion-dollar baby, and Lady Gaga may be the reason why it's a billion-dollar second baby. I mean, Clayton, what what are your first thoughts on the possible return of Joker to the movie theaters? 
Well, I mean, this, you know, of course, everything Aaron said, everything you said, everything the great Scott Mendelson said, I totally agree with. I feel like the thing with Harley Quinn being recast, I would say that evil gets an upgrade in this mm -hmm. case mm -hmm. because Margot Robbie, somebody who I do like and who knows when that Barbie movie comes out, she may become a huge, huge, huge movie star. Mm -hmm. But we've seen with her Harley Quinn, it, that Harley Quinn movie, that Birds of Prey movie did not put butts in the seats. And that The Suicide Squad was not driven by her in any way. Right. I think that became more of a Halloween costume than something that brought people to the theater. And I agree. I think Lady Gaga is a star. And I don't say that lightly. No. I think she is a star because A Star is Born had Bradley Cooper, obviously, who was, uh, you know, uh, really pushing to make that a great product. Director, star, sang in it. But without Lady Gaga, that movie would not have soared to the heights that it did. Mm -hmm. And Gucci, absolutely, she pushed that thing over the finish line. She definitely drove the interest. She drove people to see that. And 70 million plus for that film, which a movie that we wish we liked more. I think we liked Jared Leto's performance and her performance and Al Pacino's performance, which were all the biggest performances. But it was really about Gaga for most people with that mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. I think this is a spectacular casting. And I think box office wise, purely, there's no limit to how high this thing can reach. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be very exciting. I mean... When you tell the B.O. boys that the biggest movie star in the world, aside from Leo, is ready to saddle up again and Lady Gaga is going to be riding beside him. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And singing. That is, and singing. It, it's a musical. Todd Did Phillips is back. It's 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 Your boy from way back. Not my Do boy you... from way back, but you know <laughs> he is coming back to direct. Do you think, I know, I know this is very early, because she might not even be cast in this. Right. But... Does Harley Quinn get to join her, you know, Mr. J mm -hmm. on that podium with that golden statue in her hand? Is it a possibility that we're, we would look at Joker winning two Oscars, possibly three? I mean, he could right. he could win again. Right. And then you have a Harley Quinn Oscar win. Right. I mean, I do think with stars of this level, stars of Joker's level, star of Lady Gaga's level, anything is possible. You know, I, I am definitely very optimistic about the B.O. And when it comes to the Oscars, who knows? You know, Lady Gaga will get an acting Oscar someday. That is yes. for sure. It will happen Joker. in our lifetime. And yes. it, she also, I think, is going to get another one for her contribution to Maverick. Yep. She, amazing song and incorporated into the score. So she would also, she has a score credit also. I just, I'm so excited to see her racking up Oscars. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that Lady Gaga is going to be winning Oscars in so many different categories these next few years. And it's all going to help the BO. Of course, the BO is the most important thing, but racking up Oscars ain't bad either. And no. you know, that in itself, that also drives the BO. It all, it's all about the BO and Guys, I think we did such a great job talking the BO this this week. I think we really nailed it. Aaron Foley Chan, of course, aside from being uh, someone who has a small child living in their home and someone who is predicting opening weekends of Lightyear, 
you, of course, are also a writer, uh, a, a writer, a producer for streaming, all sorts of things. Would you want to lead the wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people? People. Towards any, you know, I I know that the movies are going to come someday. That's going to happen. That's the next step. But right now, anything streaming that you want to lead anyone um, towards? Well, you know, I I do think if you do have kids, if you're saying, oh, my kid might want to see Lightyear and you want to come home and you want to watch something on Disney Plus, you could watch the children's game show on Disney Plus that I was head writer for called The Big Fib yes. with Yvette Nicole Brown as the host. Um, which is fun. It's for kids like probably like, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Uh, that's age group. Um, but that's fun. And that's also, you know, Disney plus, if you can't get a, enough of, of that studio, um, come on down and, you know, I'm, I'm working on some other stuff. That's great. In, and in the pipeline and Aaron, the big fib that you were the head writer for it was, it, it is streaming on the same platform in which almost all the Pixar movies made in the last two years all debuted on. You know, Turning Red, Soul, Luca, The Big Fib, all it's debuted all, on Disney Plus. It's all the same, uh, it's all the same quality and yes. it's gonna it's the same timelessness. Yes, yes to it. And the same and the same cost. That's the thing. You you pay for that Disney Plus subscription. And you're getting all of it's it. It's a sunk cost. You have access to all of it. So why not take advantage and watch as much as you can? Exactly. So, of course, you could email the BO Boys at the BO Boys podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your prognostications. I mean, listen, maybe Austin's going to nail it and Maverick is going to win Father's Day. Who knows? The only way that you could get those predictions to us for us to read on air is email us at the BO boys podcast at gmail.com. So Clayton, I think we've done it. Yeah, we definitely did it. And I don't think there's anything left to say except until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you, you at the box. box. Oh. Oh. Yeah.